Good morning. Hi, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Andrew Guile, a solicitor and a director here at GN Law, and I'm with... Well, I'm Luke Cowles, I'm a solicitor in the Police Actions Department. This is one of the videos that we have on the site, and today what we're going to be talking to you about and discussing between ourselves is tasers. Um, quite an emotive um, and topical subject, um, particularly in relation to um, uh, the use of them by the police, of course. Um, Luke, I know that you've been looking at um, and a paper that was that was published fairly recently with some statistics from recent years and things like that. Take us yeah. through some of those so we can we can have a look at some of those. Well, well, exactly. So um, I mean, clearly, in terms of the actual the, the main ones that we've got. So in August this year, so what, a couple of months ago, uh, it was released on the government website, IPCC website, the statistics in relation to 2015. They seem okay. to be working in a sort of year delay. But what we can look at is. The difference between 2014 and say 2015, I also have the statistics all the way to 2003, but we're not going to look at all of those. Yeah. But it gives a general overview of how things have been at from the beginning from the to now. And I think um, what's important to sort of generally have an idea about is the sort of a little bit of the evolution of how it's gone on. So 2004 is when they first start trialling it. When they first start trialling it, they're only trialling it with people who are already firearms officers. So these are people who are already trained. Um, the key sort of bit, or the, the, the key sort of time for us to sort of think about is post-2008. During that time, so pre-2008, there was a 12-month period, they started trialling it with separate specialised teams. So not people who are firearms officers anymore, people who have just got special training to use a taser. And after that 12-month period, they basically rolled it out uh, and people who aren't the ordinary firearms officers can now use it. The, the issue which we can come to um, is about how well they're actually trained to do it. Because firearms officers you need a lot more training. Sure. In short, taser officers you don't. So taking 2015, uh, some of it I'm just going to be reading directly from uh, printouts from the government website. Um, and if we look at first, say 2015, um, to give you a, an idea, in 2015, a total of 10,329 taser uses occurred. That's across England and Wales, so all forces together. Uh, to give you a general gist of what that equates to is the use of tasers increased between 2014 and 2015. Uh, I think it increased by something like 300, so it was just over 10,000 uses in 2014. Now it's 10,329. Okay, so not, not, a, not a massive increase. Not a massive increase, exactly. But um, looking at sort of how they define things, there's, there's taser use and then there's taser discharges, and there's a fine line difference. Uh, and certainly what's interesting, and you've got, uh, I'm not going to go through all the jargon, but, but sometimes there's going to be situations or incidents where the, 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 the scene is resolved by the fact that the threat of taser was there. Yeah. That counts as a use, yeah. but they don't actually have to discharge it in the end because the person looks at it and thinks... Okay. There's, a, there, there's also arcing, isn't there? I mean, yes. It, it, it's probably helpful to go into some of these phrases because exactly. somebody watching this video might actually be familiar or might have read them somewhere. The, the one that matters most is what's called the red dot. So that is literally, you know, you get to see that red dot aimed at you. A laser on the taser. Exactly. Aimed at you, and yeah. this, in 2015, is the most common use. It accounts for 51% of the uses. So that's out of the 10,329, it's 5,238 uses. 
That's, what, that's where the dot's on you. Yeah, and, and you, you know you're next. Yeah. <laughs> it's effectively... But they don't actually fire the taser. No, so the taser's not actually fired. So the way the statistics are compiled, they will just take a, a tally of what the most sort of dangerous version of, of, of use was. So obviously if it's red dotted, they're not going to count, you know, all the tallies for the previous bits. Sure. So, um, yes, so the proportion of non-discharges increased by one percentage when compared with the previous year. So that basically means um, you've got that balance between it being used more, police officers actually perhaps relying on it a bit too much, or a bit, you know, certainly increased amount, and that's partly what we'll, we'll talk about is the sort of media perception of it. Yeah. Um, and, and is it becoming the default option? You know, officer comes on the scene, they're supposed to sort of take into account what's called a national decision-making model, which, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in a bit, but it basically is about the idea of what things or what factors an officer should be thinking about when on scene, when making a decision. Um, but is it becoming the default option? Oh, it's dangerous in my opinion. Let's grab my taser. Yeah. That's going to stop it nice and quickly. Yeah. There are we some just, just, to it, just so. coming back to to um, uh, red dots. Yeah. So, so so an officer who has a taser, um, and I'm sure anyone watching this video will understand what a taser is. But just in case somebody watching this video isn't entirely sure what a taser is, they look like guns. They look sort of like as if they're made of plastic. Uh, I mean, here they're normally, they're normally yellow. This is the mess two-line definition of what a taser is. Okay, so this says a taser is a less lethal single-shot weapon, still a weapon though, designed to temporarily incapacitate a suspect through the use of an electrical current. It is a handheld weapon similar in shape and size to a pistol, but is bright yellow in colour. So what, what we're talking about is, in terms of the uses, is that, is that the a use is someone actually drawing their, their taser. And then, beyond drawing it, they might use the laser sight on it to actually show the laser dot on your chest or wherever it is they might be aiming for. Um, they should be aiming for the, for the chest region. Um, then arcing is starting to put some, um, some power through the yes. taser such that the connections at the end of the taser start to spackle, uh, yeah, spark. spark and crackle. I mean, they say here it's literally arcing, sparking of the taser without aiming or firing it. But, but it means you as the you know, potential suspect, yeah. you start seeing it it's a, crackling. It's a very real threat. You see Absolutely. it crackling. And, and, it, and then the actual discharge is where two barbs attached to cables are fired from the end of the nozzle, the barrel of the taser, and remain attached by the cable to the taser while the barbs stick into your flesh. Yes. And normally they will aim for the chest, so these two barbs will go into your chest. Um, and in terms of its actual deployment and use, once the barbs are in your chest, it's often not straightforward to get them out, and the officers are probably unwise to try and remove them because they can cause further injury. Well, quite often you'll so they'll detach the cables. Yeah, so they'll detach the cables from the barbs that are stuck into your chest, leaving the barbs embedded in your chest, um, and then, as I say, detach the cables, which removes removes and uh, the ability for the electricity to be. Um, conducted any further in, in, into you and to incapacitate you. So that's, that's what happens. So not all of these 10,000 uses um, involve actually the firing of them and the barbs being deployed and things of that nature. I think one of the statistics um, which we haven't mentioned, which is actually quite shocking to me, is, is the 
uh, use of drive-stun mode. Now, um, drive-stun mode is basically where you're literally using the taser like a cattle prod. You're, you're standing next to someone, you, you basically use the electricity to, to prompt someone. Now, so this, this isn't firing the bar, this, this, is, this is going Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and I think that the main issue that people have is, given the definition you read out, which talks about incapacitating people, drive-stun mode doesn't do that, doesn't incapacitate anyone. Just causes pain. Just causes pain. So how many drive-stun uses were there? Um, now I'm doing a double check, but I believe it was 10% of the entire use. In fact, let me just double check. Um, Let's see, yes, so of, it says, well, no, 10%, 191 were drive stun of the discharge, so it's 10% of the discharges, not 10% of the overall number. Right. So 191 uses were drive stun out of the entire discharges, which is 1,921. Overall, it, you know, I'm sure that they'd love to say that it only counts as 1% of the entire use, but 10% of the discharges. Either way, it means in 191 incidents, They've used drive stun to cause pain on someone, yeah. and not really to for, for any other reason. Um, of course, they've they've got to justify it, but you know that comes down to a, depending on your opinion as to how good the complaint system really is about these things. Yeah. But but yes, I think that that's quite a, a worrying thing because really, I, I don't see any justification that they can be used at all. Yeah. If you're close to someone. There are other methods, yeah. which the National Decision Making Model sets out, there are other methods you can decide to use. They've got batons, they've got power spray, they've got con control and restraint techniques, Absolutely. arm locks, pressure points. I mean, that's, that's one of the things I find really strange about, about drive-stun mode, is, is, is the fact that you can understand why an officer, um, if they are at some distance from someone wielding a machete or something like this, you know, if, if they've got, if they literally were, were to have a choice of to take out a, a pistol with a bullet in it or, or, a, or a taser, yes. it, it's very difficult to put up any sensible argument that it's better to shoot them with a taser. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if they that person could genuinely injure them or some member of the public with that with that machete. Um, clearly, in those circumstances, a, a taser is going to be preferable, but. You're still talking about dealing with someone at distance. Well, at distance. If you're, if you're close enough to the drive stun them, the risk is already there that you're near. Why aren't you using your baton? Why, why aren't you using power before you get into that close proximity? And if they're that dangerous that you have to drive stun them, or use or draw your taser for some other purpose, then why have you got so close to them in the first place? Uh, absolutely. It just, seems, it just seems rather bizarre. And, and what's interesting is, and, and this is. A, an IPCC review of taser complaints and incidences uh, between the sort of 2004-2013 period. And it does mention drive stun uh, and talks about it in a rather sort of worrying terms in that it, it says because it's directly, you know, it's used directly to the body without a cartridge, um, upon reviewing it, they're, they're concerned that actually it doesn't really gain compliance of an individual. If anything, it irritates them more yeah. because of the pain or frustrates them more, and you're more likely to get further problems, yeah. further resistance, whatever it might be. I mean, the sort, of scenario, the sort of scenario that comes to my mind is someone who either through drink or drugs is just completely out of their head and uncontrollable, have no intention of listening to any uh, reasonable instructions from a police officer, um, 
and those sorts of people can be very difficult, can be, can be violent and difficult to bring under control. They're going to resist just for the sake of resisting and, and things of this nature. Um, now, in that sort of scenario, as that report suggests, my concern is that you know, we'll have clients coming to us as, as, as we have in the past, just you know, saying, well, well look, you know, it was unjustified. I know I, was, I might have been out of order at the time, but this just seems to have been done to me punitively. In other words, yes. just to cause me pain. Yes. Um, and it's almost, almost police officers, or at least the perception certainly from our clients, is that the police officer sort of thought, well, serves you right, and drives stun mode. Well, yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that's the concern, isn't Well, it? absolutely. I mean, I mean, in very broad terms, you know, part of, part of the concern that I have, and certainly I, I imagine part of the concern that people watching this video may well have, is that um, just like there is this perception of police officers in the uh, United States being a bit trigger-happy with their, with their firearms, yes. meaning proper uh, guns with bullets, um, that you know that the more the more prevalent use of, of tasers in this country might, in, in in some sense, also suggest some sort of trigger happy uh, nature um, in, in relation to their use as well. Um, and of course, linked to that is the potential danger of using a taser. Yeah. Of course, you know the, the average man in the street will not be killed by or injured by a taser in the way that they would be if they were shot with a gun. But. At the same time, of course, there are plenty of tragic cases, sadly, of people who have caught fire because they've doused themselves in petrol and the police officer has shot them with a taser. Yeah. Um, and more commonly, um, and far more uh, of a risk, is, is heart problems. Yes, and certainly the, in August, the you know, unfortunate incident which led to daily and Atkinson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, tragedy, but it is a, something that the police need to be aware of and certainly they are but that is that danger that there are people yeah. who do have heart problems yeah. and you don't even necessarily know you have a heart problem until it's unfortunately too late and there's no taking back from it you see well, one, of, one of my concerns is i, I remember in a, in a case many years many years ago um well not many years ago probably shortly after we were talking about sort of like 08 09 um in circumstances where a client was very unhappy about a taser being used against him while in a police station in fact in a police cell um which um always struck me as uh, as bizarre and, and quite outrageous really but um we couldn't go anywhere no but it, well, absolutely couldn't harm anyone but I remember, looking, I remember looking at that force's policy, yeah. and the, the, the policy openly accepted for the, the, um, within this particular police force that the use of a taser was still a potentially lethal use of, use of force. But, but my, my fear and certainly my perception is that we've moved some way away from viewing tasers as a potentially use of yeah. force, just a small step down from using a, a proper gun. Um, and it is just becoming sort of like a something standard on the hip like a parva spray or, or a bat on something else that they could and should use in every single well, everyday scenarios and that, that seems to be what's happening. Yes. Yeah, um, so and and you know another example of a case that that, that, that we've had is um, a circumstance where uh, a client and his father and another friend I believe were on the street uh, in London happened to be coming out of a, um, an off-license in the middle of the day, having just bought some alcoholic drink, wine or something like that. Um, 
and happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and, and, and were witnessing um, a robbery happening at a jewellery jewellers a few yards down the road. And the police had been watching this on, on CCTV. They'd, they'd watched these guys in balaclavas and what have you turn up. Well, they'd been following the whole. They'd followed them all the way through. Um, I don't know how they knew they were, what they were up to, but they did. Um, well, I think the idea is this gang doing, had done previous robberies, yeah. and the police were trying to catch them in the act. Ah, uh, okay. And yes. that would that's right. And that pretty much would be the evidence they need, rather yeah. than having to sort of find out other evidence via text messages, whatever it might yeah. be. So multiple police cars scream up outside this uh, uh, jeweler's shop, and um, police officers running around wielding tasers. And my guy, who's I think if I remember, he was in his late teens, early twenties, something, yeah. something like that, just not wearing a balaclava, by the way, um, not. With his dad, <laughs> just, just sit, standing still watching what was going on, they run up and taser him. Um, really quite, quite bizarre. Um, but again, if he'd have had a, a heart problem or, or something in those something like that, um, then you know he could have been injured, so, you know, seriously injured or, or rendered unwell, or, or, or could have been killed. I mean, it's it, it just I just found it really shocking that that particular case. Um, that the, the use of the taser was just quite completely, casual. yeah, casual is, I think is a really good word, um, and quite indiscriminate. And, and, you know, the aftermath was also quite shocking in that the officer um, said, oh, and used a, a swear word, discharged the barbs, uh, detached the, the cables from the barbs, and just ran off. Um, <laughs> and it's very much sort of the... Oh whoops! I made a mistake. Yeah, let's keep going now. <laughs> yeah, it's done. No attempt to see whether or not you know the the client you know was injured by it or might be suffering with sort of like heart problems as a result of being shot quite incorrectly. <laughs> That's in the duty of care is almost just you know oh you know what and runs off. Someone else will look after you. I'm going to keep. Um, I mean, going back to that, and that's perhaps linked to exactly what you're saying. I'm just going to read out, this is again from the IPCC review, which talks about the minimum contact time for initial training. So, to become a taser officer, here, it says ACPO sets out that you need 18 hours training, followed by a minimum of 6 hours per year refresher. But to give you an idea, 18 hours is basically 3 days, so come in Monday, you can be shooting them by Thursday. Yeah. Arguably, one would say, perhaps, more training is needed. 3 days, gun in your hand, off you go. And then from then on, one day refresher courses, you know, 365 day period, one day refresher. Mm. Problems are gonna come from that quite clearly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, this, this video is not about saying tasers are bad and trying to ta taser bash. That's not, not the purpose of it, of, it, of it at all. As I said earlier, um, I don't think anybody would sensibly try and argue that you know, in a circumstance where an officer could justify discharging a firearm, um, that in those sorts of circumstances it wouldn't be better to use a taser and incapacitate somebody rather than shoot them with a gun. Um, clearly tasers, tasers have a place um, and they have a purpose and there are circumstances in which you know, they will do a lot of good. But uh, Apologies, uh, we had to cut this video. On the last occasion when we started uh, talking about tasers we were unable to finish uh, the video due to technical problems. Um, so we're finishing it off today, we haven't just dashed out and, and, and got changed. Um, but uh, we're going to move on uh, just in the final section of this video on tasers in looking at um, their use with vulnerable people.
uh, which, which we think is uh, something of some significant importance. And Luke's got some figures. Yes, so I mean, looking at the IPCC review, and again, this is only covering 2004 to 2013, albeit we've got other statistics which we looked at earlier for 2015, but this is just about um, the types of categories in which the taser was used. So to give you an idea of the types of categories, they're talking about accidental discharge, arrest, domestic incidents, pre-planned operations, uh, restraints, mental health, and we'll come back to that one, stop and search, uh, and generally when there's been weapons involved. Now, this particular table I'm looking at here, it talks about uh, the circumstances or the times it's been used between 2008 2013, and this is when it didn't raise a complaint. So it was used, but no complaint actually came of it in the end. Okay. Um, by far and away, the biggest line is in regards to self-harm slash mental health. Um, it doesn't exactly say the percentage, but we're talking about sort of 47% of the time here. Well, it's on the 47 grade. Now, to give you an idea, the rest are sort of between 10 and 20. So, you know, as a sort of general scale, that's quite a lot. Um, now, of course, it's, it's quite a big issue because often the problem with mental health is you, you may have someone in public acting a, a bit different, let's say, mm -hmm. and, and the police aren't always sure how to deal with the situation in terms of, You've got a lot of things to think about. You've got the safety of the individual, of course, but then you also get the safety of the public. And sometimes, and certainly the, 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 the worry really, is that increasingly taser is seen as the quick option to just yeah. get them off the street. Yeah. And yes, to that end, it can be can be successfully used to get them off the street quickly. But is that necessarily the most appropriate way? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, you know, to, to my mind, like, I come back to what I was saying earlier in this video about a taser actually being a weapon of potentially lethal force and and, and it, it's it's incredibly worrying that that you know it appears to be used in circumstances particularly people who are mentally ill mm. and, and and officers may well have particularly if they're junior for instance may have very little experience of dealing with people exactly. with mental health problems and they might actually find that you know the nature of mental health problems and people presenting with mental health problems particularly if they're manic or psychotic um, as being quite unusual, something they haven't coped with or had to cope with, and they might find it quite scary or threatening. Um, and out comes the taser, boom, you're on the ground. But the, yeah. the, the danger, of course, as we've looked at again earlier in this video, is, is, is the potential problem of that mental health person, person also having a heart problem, or you know, what if they've doused themselves in fuel or Which whatever. Which has been examples where yeah. you've had someone doused in fuel, off goes the taser and you know, yeah, they don't need to say what the consequences are. It ignites it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's serious. Um, what, what's also interesting, and just as a really a final point, is that there's a few tables, I'm not going to go through them all, but some are sort of categorised into times where a complaint was a real, a complaint arose from that situation, and times where complaints didn't arise from that situation. Now, certainly with this men, with mental health, um, the vast majority are in situations where complaints didn't arise. Now, it may be that in the majority of those circumstances, it was simply the appropriate way to use it. Mm. But the other side could be that the nature of some of these people, they are a bit more vulnerable, and it means that in those situations where perhaps they are the victim of having an inappropriate taser being used against them, they're not able to make the complaint themselves, and therefore a lot of these incidents get categorised in the non-complaint category, not because actually the use was appropriate, but because they themselves are not complaining or 
you know, they, there isn't someone to help them sort of look at the situation uh, and take it forward. But certainly, um, you know, I mean, linked to sort of vulnerable people, there's, there's, there's issues about use in regards to young people as well. And um, certainly, you know, if you're, you know, 16, 17, it's, it's hardly, you know, from a psychological point of view, you're being shot. Um, and it's just yeah, it very well for anyone of any age. It must be very scary, but it must be particularly destabilising for somebody who's still a child, really. Yes, yes, um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, and so that's just one of the things that's just sort of been flagged up, really, in terms of uh, awareness about mental health and, and how the police deal with it. Mm-hmm. Just again, you know, vaguely linked to the fact that again, you know, three days training, and you get yourself a taser. Perhaps, and I'm not suggesting they don't get mental health training, I'm sure they do, but again, how much that is and whether it's enough is, is certainly a question to be raised. Absolutely. Well, we, we, we hope you found this video helpful. Um, we don't suggest that we've covered every single issue that is relevant to tasers, but hopefully, if you have an interest in, in tasers, then watching this video will have been helpful to you in uh, certainly highlighting some of the main issues and some of the statistics from the IPCC review. Um, There are other videos on this site, Um, please feel free to watch those, Um, hopefully you'll find those useful as well. If you have any very specific questions regarding tasers or if you have um, a case where you've been uh, shot with a taser yourself or or perhaps someone you know has been involved with a taser and you'd like to speak to someone in more depth then you're extremely welcome uh, to contact either myself or Luke and we'd be happy to uh, correspond with you via email uh, which should be coming up on the screen now for you or by telephone, and again, the number should be coming up on the screen. So thank you very much for joining us, and hopefully we'll see you again in another video soon. Take care. Thanks. This video is designed to be a brief introduction to the topic that it covers, and we hope you found it useful. It aims to be informative and to assist people to take the next step in solving the legal problem that they may have. This video does not constitute legal advice and does not seek to solve specific legal issues. If you have a specific legal problem that you need solved, you should take expert legal advice from a solicitor.